everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I am Tim. And I am Willie. Scream! Scream! I hear him coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the, uh, that's for those who don't know, we might get a YouTube strike on that. Could. it was so close to Masterpiece original version. We sounded so on point, you that, know? That was Master P and Silk the Shaka. Yes. Correct? Was it, was it, it was a collab. Is, is it Sha- Shaka or Shaker? I think it's Shaker. I think it's Shaker too, yeah. actually. No, that, when I said it, it didn't sound right. Silk the Shaka sounds right. Yeah, I think I think there was a bit of bucking tradition on that. Yeah. Yeah, we went with the ER this time around, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so welcome to our, uh, our Scream 6 extravaganza. Um, we just saw the movie at the time of this recording. We saw it what three nights ago? Yeah, we would. We're recording on a Sunday. And we saw it Thursday night. Yep. We wanted to give it. We wanted to get this episode out, but we also wanted to let it percolate a little. Yeah, bit. I I would have felt I wouldn't have wanted to like record the next day. You, you know what's nice about sometimes those like the Halloween day and date or mm-hmm. um, releases is we could have gone and seen this movie, watch this movie in the theater, and then come home and like watched it. At I home. probably would have done that. I, yeah, I would have. I would have for sure watched a couple of segments of this yes. movie to get a handle on it a little better. Yeah, I would have liked. Yeah, and we might. We've only seen it once. You know, I mean, it hasn't been out very long. Um, uh, this is still opening weekend as we're recording this. So, forgive us if like we might feel like there's elements to the film that feel a little foggy or we might need to be trying to explain things to each other a little bit, yeah. particularly regarding later in the movie. And I don't want anybody to think that we're complete dunderheads. Like we did watch the movie. Paid attention. Um, we did pay attention <laughs> to the film. Did not take notes. <laughs> did not do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, it, yeah, there, yeah, we might be doing some, some debating about certain things. But I do think that's a good like a, like a good caveat to give at the top because some of our criticisms may actually lessen on a second viewing or they may yes. strengthen it. Like they, yeah, we might be like, oh, they did not do a good job of explaining yeah. this. And when we talk about those criticisms, I know for me, I'm going to do something I don't love to do, but I'm going to offer up some, you know, some creative solutions to where we maybe maybe could have avoided yeah. some of my issues. Um, and also... I am going to. Like, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. So check out the Midwest Game Nerds. Uh, one of them went and saw the movie with us. So shout out to Alex, um, founder. Check them out. I know they'll have a uh, new episode. So I don't know what their latest one is because they usually record mm. tonight. So nor I. But check them out, Midwest Game That's Nerds. Um, I want to. Oh, real quick before we get into things, and we're going to jump right in. But I want to give a shout out to John on Twitter and John. From the Midwest Game Nerds. Ah. All you got to do with emo fans is mention you've been listening to emo, and they will they give you suggestions like Matchbook Romance. It's and stuff. incredible stuff. So, it's <laughs> so, it's uh, it really is a beautiful. But that is like any fan of any sort of like horror genre, yeah, so, yeah or music. Like you mentioned, and I want to say thank you because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> checked out a couple yep. of those bands. But um, yeah, literally anybody on Facebook, my Facebook friends list, even like people I haven't seen or talked to in. A decade, right? You know, if they were like, "Hey, what are some good slasher movies?" I'd probably, all right, I'll yeah. jump in there. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, and then it's fun to. That was always one of like the good parts about working at a video store because like cause you could drill down to like, what are you looking for tonight? Are you give looking me for some, something science fictiony? Yeah, give me some some details. You want something really a lot of smut? Or you want something <laughs> a little bit you know more mainstream? Welcome to that back corner. <laughs> you want the burning? I'll show you the burning. <laughs> Um. Uh, excellent. So yeah, yeah, check them out. Um, and then yeah, if you have any more email, but or if you want to write in your scream thoughts, um, mm, yeah, 
horrormovieyearbook at gmail.com. We love emails. I wish we had a, uh, it would be a dream of mine. These are a way of the past, especially on like podcasts. Not a way of the past, but yeah. I loved a, like a sports radio type call-in show where you get callers. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, so for like horror yeah. and stuff. Oh, my God. It'd be like a, that's a dream. That'd be delightful. <laughs> Just <laughs> How cheap is it to set up a phone line? Not like... Yeah, probably not very. Probably not. People probably, there's a way to do it with like YouTube and stuff, but. Yeah. But it's, yeah, having the time and the. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to commit to that stuff like a few times. Anyway. You're not going to have as much time soon enough. Are we going to mention this off the top that this will probably be your last show for a little bit? Yeah. And you also, know? if this thing cuts out uh, halfway through us recording. If I'm by myself for the back <laughs> half of this. If, if Nick, if you all of a sudden hear Nikki's voice. Yeah. Um, or, or Josie's. Or Josie's voice. It's because I'm ha- having a baby at like any point. Um, it, it could happen at any point. It could time. happen, but. It's I, hard to say. It's I still think we're a week or two away, but yeah, after this, I'm going to be out. Hiatus. Yeah, you yep. and Nikki have talked about doing some stuff. Yeah, I don't want to make any promises. It's just life, you know, but we're going to try. Yeah. We're going to try. I think that would um, be. I think you and I talked about it a bit and, you know, Nikki and I can certainly record some stuff, you know, after Josie's bedtime and, uh, you know, get it over to you while you're hanging with baby and, and uh, baby mama. Record it and edit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might give you something to do. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably so, be looking for things to occupy your time in, but during yeah. baby naps. Yeah. And, I might be, I might be back here and. <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could kid. flee back to this house. <laughs> this is like this kid, like you're taking me in. <laughs> there might be no hiatus. Um, you might get more episodes. Yeah, I might be recording that daily call show in your basement. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to invest in that pull out, pull out couch here soon. Um. Anyway, but uh, yes. Yeah, so congratulations, Tim. Yeah. A future congratulations to you. On Babby. So cool. Um, Are you ready to get into this? Yeah. So let's do, you know, let's do our brief thoughts. No spoilers so that the folks who maybe haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled can at least get our 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 highly esteemed opinions on, on the yeah. uh, on the film. You know, I I don't know. I think I think like when it comes to Scream and Friday the thirteenth especially, yeah. I, I think we do have I think we have we have very good. yeah, learned opinions. I on think these so. Franchises. We've seen the movies multiple times. And... This will be an issue. I said this, and then like as I was walking today, I'm like, oh man, I have some questions about Scream Four that I didn't ask Willie because I know it's fresher in his head than mine, and I don't watch Scream Four very often. Yeah, but well, anyway. Scream Four would be the yeah that that's the foggiest one, right? Yeah, uh, both in terms of what I remember and in terms of the <laughs> cinematography. Um, anyway, got to throw a dig at Scream Four in there. I don't actually hate Scream Four. I just don't think it's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Scream 6. Tim, you want to Scream start? Scream 6, yeah. What are your thoughts on Scream 6? So, coming out of this, we talked a little bit about it. And like you said, we're going to try to stay away from spoilers here off the top. I thought I had a ton of fun during this movie. And I want to give people, yeah, caution. Um, there may be some stuff we come across as we get to really into the spoilers where we may sound like we're coming across a little bit negative on this movie, I think. Or at least mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, um, I would agree. But... But honestly, we're we're about to record like over an hour or so of like talking about a single movie, like straight. I mean, we're gonna get nitpicky, so just a heads up. That's the f- that's the point of these things. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway, I came out of this, and the first thing I thought is like, man, that was a silly scream movie, mm-hmm. and I think some of it is intentional. I think it might be the silliest in some ways. Three is intentionally silly to me. That's the difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three is like an on. I approach three 
as like an ensemble comedy half the time. Four has moments of silliness, but even that is trying to be too cute, in my opinion, uh, especially that opening. This, where it... I don't want to say it lost me because I was still with it. I was never bored during this movie. And as I get older, especially when it comes to horror movies, the worst thing a horror movie can do is bore me to tears. In yeah. this, I was I was with it from beginning to end. Like I was I was locked in. I was um I was really I was into it. And I was once it got to the last 15 minutes, it started to get fuzzy and then a certain performance got really really hammy and over the top. Um, and it had been throughout, but it really stepped up a notch towards the end. And I kind of, it took me out of the movie a little bit. And on top of it, and I don't think this is spoilery, I have no issue, I think I put it this way in my text to you the other day, I have no issue with some of the characters living that lived in this movie. Okay. I have issues with them surviving this There is movie. a difference. Yeah, because... I like the characters and I do want to see that. I'm not like, I'm not like one of these people who wants to see like characters die for my own, like, so I could feel something. I like them. I want them to live. Like I want characters. I like to live. And I like these characters, especially this main group um, of new people. My issue is with them surviving what they went through in this movie, because it is absurd. Like this is the most absurd when it comes to surviving in this series, right? Yeah, I'm look, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in this movie. Uh and I'm not saying that none of the movies have had that in the past. I think you have to suspend your disbelief for all of the screen movies to a certain extent, like but even the first, like for instance, like how would Billy and Stu have gotten away with that even if they like right. it's, it was never going to happen. Anyway, just you have to like try and Suspend disbelief. I think that's only fair. But I can only stretch that so far before I start to go, that's just kind of a... I'm not even going to call it a plot hole. That's just kind of lazy writing. Um, yeah. And in this case, when it comes to people being attacked or wounded or whatever and making it out, I mean, yeah, like Dewey and Scream 2, you could argue like, how the hell did he survive that? Like, So, I mean, it's not that... It's not that there's never been like questionable survivals here and there. There's just a lot of it in this. I was going to say. And it's not just the survivals for me. What what compounds that fact? It's not just the survivals. It's the people who get wounded and it might not be something where I go, well, this person's dead meat, but they get wounded and then by end of movie, they're just kind of chatting and acting like they're not bleeding from multiple... <laughs> Like there's no that so, there's a character who is stabbed in the film, yeah, who uh is taken out of the picture for a while and returns towards the end at the end of the film. Is this the dude from the we were talking about uh when we were waiting outside the theater? We were just like or not the dude for, like yes, you know what I mean yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> and the the character shows back up at the end when when the dust is settling from the big finale and is just like has like a bandage on and is like, hey guys, what did I miss? <laughs> and it's crazy enough to me that like this person was a allowed like was was patched up that quickly b was allowed to leave the hospital c like somehow made it just it, it's just insanity like it's it's very silly um and i've heard 
there have not been a ton of interviews with the directors yet, like post the movie releasing. There has been one that I read, and there was some questioning of the decisions we're kind of talking about here. And they basically said, we just really wanted a happy ending this time around. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm cool with that. Yep. Like, they, they didn't want all the characters to be dead by the end of the movie, you know? They, we wanted like a like a, a feel good. So I get them. I know why they brought that character back, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I get it, but I don't know if it was the right. I don't know. So yeah. for sure, and honestly, that kind of sums up my mixed mixed positive, I should say, feelings yeah. on this movie because I do I like the movie. Yeah. Um, and just a couple real quick positives before yeah, because I do want yeah I did like the movie. And here's a little bit why the change of setting was nice, and I know they've been out of Woodsboro before. But we it's went been a back, while though. Yeah, we went back to Woodsboro in four and five, right? Three was in Hollywood. And that was in what that came out in what two thousand? Yeah. So yeah. And honestly, New York is a is a setting that we as horror fans have waited to see taken advantage of in this way. Because we all know Jason Takes Manhattan does not. No. Now I do think that there are very obvious budget limitations when it comes to this. When when we horror fans have this in our head, it's like anything. Um I always like think of like pro wrestling uh, or sports or anything like there are outside forces working against the dreams that you have in your head that you don't think of. Like I want to see Ghostface running around all of New York City, Central Park, um, yeah. Times Square. I want to Statue see of Liberty. I want to see all this stuff. But I also know like I'm not footing the bill for this. Like it takes it takes a lot of um, it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of you have to get everybody on set. There are all these different things. Mm-hmm. I think this movie does a good enough job in a couple of key sequences, the opening and the subway scene, at least making it feel like New York City to me. Um, whether it was shot there or not a lot of it, um, <clears throat> I think it takes advantage of the setting in a very in very clever ways. Well, I think what the nice thing about it is they don't... I think, yes, that's. I'm sure that they would have loved to have had Ghostface pop up in like some of the landmarks. But the landmarks always feel like they pop up in these movies that take place in New York and they, the movie feels almost disingenuine because all you're seeing are the landmarks. Right. At least in this one, like their limitations in terms of what they could probably do led them to doing things that I think all people who have been to New York or live in New York are familiar with. A bodega. A subway. For sure, for sure, yep. You know, uh, alleys that feel a little sketchy. Like that's, that's it, it captures enough of like, I think the day-to-day New York beats that, I mean, I'm sure that most people from the area that have watched this have been like, that is obvious. That is not New York. I mean, I've been there a couple times, but it felt enough to me, at least as a Midwestern guy, I bought, I bought into it. Me too. So me too. And it was, yeah, it was good to see. Yeah. But we kind of, like I said, take advantage of its setting. Mm -hmm. Um, and also no cruise ship in this one. I want to give a shout out to, because I think it was kind of harsh on this actress, um, in the first movie. And I don't think it's all her fault. I don't think I don't think she had a handle on the character, but um Melissa Barrera yeah. as Samantha. Yeah. Um I thought she carried this movie a lot of the time. I think she's terrific in this movie. And yes, I, I was agree. I was a little bit surprised. I think she finally has I don't want to say finally because it's only been two movies, but she, it felt to me like she had a handle on her character mm-hmm. in this I one. Agree. Where I don't think she I don't think she did in the first one, that balance of, you know, seeing um seeing Billy and just being kind of on edge a lot of the time. Um, I, th- I think she was much more comfortable here. And honestly, I think she is, she, she's my favorite performance in the movie. Um, and I think she does a great job. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to that because um, she's a part of the reason why I like this, uh, this group of movies quite a bit. These, uh, these last two movies is I really like the kids. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and one hundred percent. I'm happy to see, <laughs> without spoiling, some of them or all of them are. Well, I should. Some of them's not a spoiler. Some of them survive. But I'm happy to see this group continue to move forward. I'm happy it's their franchise now. I'm happy it's not Scream Four, where they right. were like, "Hey, look at all these new kids." That you'll get to watch moving forward. Nope. <laughs> Killed all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Spoilers for Scream 4. Um, it is what it is at this point. We're, we're reviewing Scream 6. So, um, <laughs> so off the, I yeah. want to throw to you now because those are my general thoughts. Yeah. Um, Scream 6 is a, like a, it's like a tale of two movies for me, right? So in some aspects, in some, in some areas... <clears throat> I legitimately think it's the best movie since two in some ways when I'm talking about sequences, chase sequences or tension sequences or action sequences. This is the best stuff I've seen since scream two. I mean, I, I think that there are multiple sequences in this movie that are like very tense, very well directed, very well acted, very well staged and choreographed they just fire on all cylinders and they feel classic scream to me just in a bigger setting with the New York thing, taking advantage of that bigger setting. So in that respect, I I'm like, man, this is like, this is way up there on the, on the list. Um, in terms of character development, another major point in this movie's favor in terms of, I think it's one of the best in terms of developing characters. I think it's, um, I think it does a wonderful job of taking characters that were established in the last movie and um, making you like them more and making you more interested in their dynamics between each other, um, making you care about them. I mean, all of it, all of the above. Um, and I think all the actors uh, have, have all found their footing in, in who these characters are. And I think um, everybody from, you know, Melissa Barrera, who you mentioned, to uh, Mason Gooding, to, I mean, all, all of them. You know, I think that they really just... I'm interested in all these people and I like watching them. Um, I think it's, I also think there's enough development. Um, I don't know if developments there. I think they do a fair enough job with, with our legacy cast and I count Kirby as well. I think they do a fine enough job with, you know, um, we'll talk more about that. I don't want to talk too much about that. The, they're there, and I don't think there's anything wrong with how they're written by any means. I actually like some of the developments, particularly with Gail. Um, I know a lot of people are down on what happens. I think that's by design. I get it. I would but agree. I think it feels rings true, and it rings true to how real uh, the character of Gail and Dewey and Sydney have always felt in these movies. Like, um, People do things that aren't always the decisions that you'd like to see them make, but sometimes that's what they do. So we'll get into that. Um, on the flip side, I think it is the first time in the Scream franchise with a Scream sequel, and I'm counting four as well, where I went, this feels like just an entry in a franchise, which is funny. I think you mentioned that too when we were talking about it, which is funny because there's like this commentary on this being a franchise now right? in the movie. And this is the first time I went, this just feels like another Scream movie. But this just feels like a, that's not right. It didn't, it, it felt like a slasher sequel. It felt like a, like a part six to me. Yeah. In a lot of ways. In terms of the plot, it felt like a part six. It felt like, 
expectations are funny because yeah, I think you and I, I think we've even mentioned it. And honestly, it's I think it has something to do with them looking back. I don't know, titling the Scream Six, like mm-hmm. embracing that the fact yeah. that yeah, this is the sixth movie in the series, yeah. whereas the last one was Scream. They basically said no, this is the sixth Scream movie, <laughs> but yeah. like. I think I went in a little bit expecting this to be the second movie in a trilogy. Where it is not. It is it is the sixth movie in a franchise. For good and for bad. And yeah, I think yeah. maybe with those expectations in mind on a rewatch, I think that might help it a little bit. And I think there might be more there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um and I think there's a meta element to that perhaps. To, During to a it, certain scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of the scenes I would like to go back and rewatch. We'll yeah, talk about that. There's a, few, yeah. there's a few for sure. Um, but yeah, it, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I don't, it's not perfect by any means. I do have, I have some, some plot issues and I have some issues with, I've never felt like the scream movies have, I don't even want to call it. I think calling it lazy. I felt feel like the the script just needs a little tightening up. I feel like there's a handful of things yeah. that if they had an extra pass or an extra moment to have there's just this was a fast. This moved fast production wise. Yeah. I think it needed a couple more months of writing to simmer. And it's it is as good as this movie is doing box office wise and they've basically said like we want another one. I hope they have a third idea in mind and I hope they a third movie in mind in this series and I hope they have it ironed out a little My bit. My understanding is that the there's like work before this while this movie was in production was already being started on the script for seven like they were already starting to like crack open ideas for it and here's the thing with this is they want to be shooting by october if i'm paramount by the way if i'm so if i'm paramount like let's say i'm i'm i've got my cigar out i'm chomping on <laughs> i'm chomping on the cigar i'm counting my money hey there paramount exec i'm counting my buddy after scream five and i'm looking at what's going on with one of my stars right now, Jenna Ortega, who is like all over the place. Yes. Like you cannot get away from Jenna Ortega. No. And I'm sitting here and I'm going like, we need to capitalize on this. We have her in one of our franchises. Yeah, we need to push these things out. You guys need to get moving on. Now, I don't think that's the best thing creatively. Obviously, judging by the box office, it was the best thing financially for sure financially for sure but there is that push and pull between creative and business especially when you start to get into these bigger franchises that i think as a fan you kind of have to accept some of that too yeah um because i wanted to see this thing as as a fan i want to see these things as soon as possible a lot of the time I, i'm lying oh, to yeah myself. yeah yeah but i get it what you're saying is true too where like yeah they probably did not have the time to really iron out a lot of the stuff that doesn't work in this movie um, and it just feels to me like, and like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a screenwriter. I'm not going to pretend to be one. I'm not going to pretend to be smarter or more clever than the writers of Scream Six. But there are a couple things where I went, God, if you had made this change here, this change here, I feel like it would have helped. Just it would have made more sense. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. You know, they felt like obvious, like little bits to me where I was like, why did you go that route? Why didn't we just kind of, right. not major things, just smaller. Yeah. But they do. I, I agree with you. I think they add up and I think they kind of come to a head at the end of this movie. Yeah. When we get into stuff, some, some stuff too, um, in the last 10 or 15 minutes that I actually really like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it's, all I've that- heard a lot of complaints. Uh, uh, this is not a spoiler thing. I've heard a lot of complaints about like regarding the third act. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's a killer reveal in the third act. It's yes. a scream movie. Um, and that there, uh, there is killer monologuing to explain why killer is doing killer things. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints about uh, the the motive 
and the reveal, I actually don't have any issues inherently no, with, with either of those things. Mm-hmm. I have an issue with the plausibility of everything leading up to that. For sure. In retrospect. I go, huh? Yep. Wait a second. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, where do you want to do you want to rank these real quick? Where do you yeah. where do you rank this one? Yeah, and I don't. I, I know it's funny because I I mentioned ranking. I don't. I want to ca- throw a caveat here by saying I, I've not seen this a second time. I do not feel like this is a firm ranking by any means. It needs to be watched again. I think we're similar with stuff we're fans of. Is we like to watch it first, and then on a second one, that's when we really start to like think about dissect where, a bit. Dissect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, this one is behind. One, two, and five for me. Okay. Overall, it might be behind three. I think it's ahead of three, probably. It's going to wind up ahead. Of, I think it's going to be one, two, five, six, three, four is what it's going to be. Okay. I think there's enough that works in this. And I think this is a movie that's going to be like immensely rewatchable, which I think the greatest screen movies are immensely right. rewatchable. I think that this one will wind up right in the middle of the pack for me. Yeah. So for me, I have got it. I guess I'm behind. I'm with you. I go one, two, five. But I have this one solidly ahead of three, and I like three. But I have this one solidly ahead of three for some reasons we'll get into. Every time I watch three, I enjoy it more. That's the yeah. issue with me is I can't. That one's always like gradually. It's I don't. It's never gonna. It's not gonna overtake five. I think five is a better movie. Yeah. But and honestly, four. I'm not a four fan. I I know you have rewatched it. Are you any more of a fan? I, I you mentioned a little bit. No, no. Four is just kind of where it is. And I, like I like all the screen movies. I do. Yeah. Um. I don't love all the screen movies. Right. <laughs> and four is not a movie I love. Um. Right. I think it's got stuff that works. I think they all do. Yeah. Um. For but for me, when you look at the when you look at the elements that I think make a screen movie, which is mystery element, character development. Or character progression because we get this rare fra- slasher franchise where we get to see his characters grow. Uh, so character development, um, you know, the killer reveal, all that stuff, all those chase sequences, all those things that make Scream for me. It's like the weakest in like all of those categories yeah. for me. Um, so that's why I couldn't. I don't think it could possibly. You know, right. I mean, we'll see with Scream Seven. Who knows? Um, but yeah. So this one though, I've got where I'm kind of waffling is. On, on a rewatch, if I'm going to put this above five, um, that's, can, it's possible. I don't think it's going to jump. It's not because I really, really like two. One is untouchable. One will be my favorite of this. Yeah, series. yeah, yeah. No, nothing for me. Nothing is going to jump one or two. I don't yeah. think at this point. So um, it would have to be like I can't even see it. Like <laughs> just because, I can't tell you what just that would be. because of what that movie means to me. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Probably more no. <laughs> like ninety nine percent sure. Yeah. I can see it flipping with five because there are things I'm not crazy about in five. It's I, funny. There's it, yeah, yeah. That's where I can see on a rewatch. It reminds me a little bit of how my feelings were towards um, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. Yeah, where I came out thinking like, okay, this resets that franchise in a way that I really like. Um, but then as I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm like crazy about that. And then Kills, I just like on a second rewatch, I just gave into it. I'm like, this is the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Love this. I love this movie. Yeah. Um, you let it enfold you. You know. Yeah, and I'm interested to see if they take it as weird or out as they as Halloween ends. Oh God, please. <laughs> because they could. I, I, I like Halloween ends, but um, <laughs> but they, don't do that. They could. They anyway. could. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. They. Oh no. But. Let's get it. Let's spoil it. Let's so I'm right it. in yeah. the middle too. So anyway, uh, we built. We both enjoyed Scream Six. It's not our favorite movie in the franchise. Uh, I think it's a worthy sequel. I just think it has some issues that I don't feel like I have with other Scream films. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So yeah. 
All right. So here's what we like Spoiler to do. Spoiler time. With these, uh, we're going to spoil now. So that was a good 30 minutes of non-spoilers. So um, we're going to spoil now. And what we like to do, especially with these bigger franchises that we love, um, Halloween, whenever our Friday the 13th movie comes out, but this one, we like to go character by character through this. It just feels like the easiest way to get all of our thoughts we want to get out out yeah. without missing anything. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's it's a fun way to do things. It's a fun way to approach things. Um, let's start here. They're called the Core Four in the Core movie. Four. I like the Core. Four. I like the, I like That's that. Fun. Name. I thought it was fun. It's cute. Um, and I like the Core Four. So we're gonna start with the Core Four. Let's start with let's start at the top. Let's start with Samantha. Yeah, well, we've already mentioned uh, Melissa Barrera. I think we, I, I completely agree with you. I think her performance is, is much stronger in this. I think the writing for her character is stronger in this too. And she's not saddled with the. At this point, we're we're past the whole coming to terms with the Billy thing. Well, the character hasn't, but like we don't need the exposition dumps and the backstory stuff anymore. We know who she is. We know who her dad was. We know how she feels about it, and we can kind of move on from that, which I think is makes her load lighter in in a. In this, in a sense, she's able to do more with the character. She's not weighed down by that, right. that stuff. Um, I think Sam is Sam is cool. I like Sam as a lead. I particularly like the fact that we kind of have a couple of co leads now with Sam and Tara. Um, I like that the two sisters feel like two halves of a whole at this point. I think that was a cool. I'm sure. I'm sure the popularity of the Tara character and by on a bigger scale, the popularity of Jenna Ortega probably made her character bump up a little bit in terms of being a little less of a supporting character this time around, a little bit more of a, a like a co-lead. Um, but I like that. It's I, it's unique, right? It's unique. It's Yeah, it's something you don't see often. It And honestly, I would say, you know, here's what I'll say about the core four as a yeah. group. It's kind of turned into like a final group, not just a final girl. It. Like, it's, yep. like it's a group of people that yep. we want to see overcome yep. these. Uh, the chemistry between all four of them is great. And, uh, but, you know, obviously Sam is the linchpin of the whole thing. She's She is our lead, by and large. And, um... I like that she's still dealing with the Billy Loomis stuff in this. I like that they, they kept that mostly downplay. It wasn't, didn't happen constantly throughout the movie this time around where we got CG Skeet. Um, but I like that he popped up. He had some really funny dialogue. Um, <laughs> yeah, his one line, like when he first, like, well, uh, what does he, he, does he say like, look at this fucking place. It's, it's really good. Yeah. The way he delivers it is it's awesome. Great. Um, <laughs> it might be one of his best deliveries. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, I also like the viciousness of Sam. Like, I like that she's she's different than Sid- she's strong like Sydney, but she's got a darkness to her that Sydney never had, and I like that. Yep. Um, I like that she's, um, she's willing to give into her her impulses on occasion when when the time arises, and um, I think it makes her an interesting character and I think it makes her stand out from a lot of other final girls just in general not just Sydney but a lot of other final girls or final anyone's um I will say I I I dug the element of this these online rumors starting about her cuz oh, it felt yeah. real to me that felt like something that we would see yep is some a bunch of you know conspiracy theories on the internet about like Maybe she really did it, and yada yada and yada. And that and that's a clever way to pull from a lot of fan, like what fandom has been talking I about. Like that, yeah. yeah. And it feels like an extension of of our motives from five. It feels like an extension. Like now we're kind of we're not it, with these two movies so far. We're not necessarily dissecting horror movies anymore. We're kind of dissecting like 
people's responses to the world around them, like kind of dissecting the social media age a little bit and like what it's doing to people. Yeah. Um, how it makes you treat other people. Absolutely. Because like she's a real person that they are yeah. throwing these awful, horrible <laughs> things at. Right. Um, I will say that I think there's an element of that whole Sam conspiracy theory, Richie wrongly accused thing that I wish there was a tweak on. And I mentioned like the idea of tweaking one or two things. I think that the killers and the motive would have been infinitely more interesting if they weren't the ones creating this narrative, if they believed the narrative that was created by the general public. Yeah. I think it would make the killers more like weirdly more sympathetic in a way in terms of like if they a- actively believed that she was sweet Richie didn't have oh, anything yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that's more interesting than what we got. I'm cool with what we got, I guess, but I just, I don't know. That's one little thing I would say, like, I feel like that's another, like just a little tweak. Little Cause you wouldn't that, have to change much of no. the whole movie. Yeah. No, I think there's one line dropped about, there's like one line dropped about like, Oh, we knew he did all that. Yeah, and then there's one line dropped about like, yeah, I started those online rumors, and that's it. Like, remove that, and you're kind of like now you've got these like people who truly believe they're in the right. Like, yeah, and that's always more terrifying. It's way scarier. Yeah, yeah, and we don't get a lot of that in the Scream franchise. I think we've only had like one in the past who like believe she was active. I don't even know that Mrs. Loomis believes what she was doing was right. She was just so pissed off that she was right. she, like, this would be the first time I think we ever had a ghost face who was like, no, what I'm I'm doing this for the right reasons. Right. You know, I'm just, yeah, I'm killing people. That are- because and when it comes to these conspiracy theories, a lot of the, especially a lot of the wackier ones without naming them. Um, sure. I, there's a sense of like when I see people that buy into them, I feel bad for them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I feel badly for them. I just, yeah, it, it, there's like, I feel sad mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways because I can, because the other thing too is I can, there's a part of me that can um, sympathize, um, identify with that mm-hmm. because like we've all gone down rabbit holes sure. in our life when we're trying to figure out stuff out and learn stuff and Absolutely. process stuff and Absolutely. make order of stuff mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I would, I would sympathize with that. And honestly. you have to think about people from different, uh, of different demographics, age, uh, how, uh, are they, you know, what kind of religion do they grow up under? Right. Like all sorts of different, there's, there's all sorts of different things in play where you have to think, yeah, just because I wouldn't buy into this, just because I immediately think this is bullshit, doesn't mean that somebody else with a completely different world, you know, worldview wouldn't buy into it. Exactly. So, um, I still think it's a cool element regardless of why it exists or how it exists. I'm still fine with them having been the ones to engineer it a little bit. Um, cause it makes sense. They want, they, not only do they want to avenge Richie, they want to ruin Sam and eventually set her up, clear Richie's name. Right. And right. make Sam out to be the one who was, so I, it still works. I might've liked the tweak of them actually thinking that that was the case. Right. I think you could, it'd be a little more interesting, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So Sam, what do you, uh, Samantha? Yeah. I don't have much to add beyond that. I am kind of with her though. Um, are you with me on like it's next movie? It's time to shit or get off the pot with the um, the, the ghost face thing where she's like cradling the thing. I know she drops it on the ground. I think Do you think that is them getting off the pot. I think it is. Okay, I think it is. I think we're probably done with that was Billy Visions and stuff. Her. Yeah, I because I have it written down. Like I felt like remember when Thanos used to keep popping up at the end of Marvel oh, movies, God, and you're like, like, "Hey, man, are you gonna do something?" <laughs> yeah, I think by like the fourth appearance, he's like, "I'm gonna do it myself." And we yeah. just, I remember just groaning. In I'm the like, theater. "Good." 
<laughs> it's lazy. Next, um, it will be next year. What are we doing? Um, anyway, so no, I'm, I'm with you. I think that when, they're getting out the pot. And if we briefly talk at the end about what we think Scream Seven could be, I think I'll be able to. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear elaborate on that a little bit. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think uh, you talked about. I th- I think she's interesting for a final girl because she's. It's not just a single character she is tied in with all of these characters mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah i dig her um stuff with her and Tara. you know what this is what i want to talk about too because i've actually seen this criticism thrown around and i don't know necessarily know if i agree with it mm-hmm. i think we've talked a little bit about uh, the criticism i've seen like that parts of this don't feel like scream or that scream has lost its voice hmm. and i think that's a misread of the whole franchise which is i think sometimes people get blinded by the meta elements of it and this is part of my problem with i think four um a lot of times is i think it gets blinded by a lot of like oh they're talking about movies and this means like this is about movies and all this stuff that was always window dressing for what these movies were really about and i think this movie with samantha and tara especially and the and the four of mm-hmm. them anyway it gets to the heart of what it really is, what this franchise is about, which is, is not to sound like Fast and Furious, but it's about a family. It's about yeah, family in the way yep. we, in the way we interact with a family, in the way family and legacy it, like mm-hmm. interacts with mm-hmm. people. Um, and I Agreed. think that's kind of the heart of the franchise, and that's why I think a lot of people wanted to see Sydney come back so yeah. badly, is because she does feel like a part of the Scream mm-hmm. family. Um, so I do think, and they even go out of their way to say, like, oh, it's, sometimes it's the family you create, not just the... Oh, yeah, that's the outwardly one. stated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's outwardly stated. Yeah. So I don't think it's lost its voice. I think this part of the franchise has always been there. I think some people just get really into the uh, the whole, oh, yeah, Screaming is about movies thing. And it's part of my problem with the Motive in 5, is that I think it's too much about movies. I agree, and, and I agree. I also think that uh, the other overarching... Uh, theme of the Scream franchise is overcoming trauma. Right. I mean, that's Sydney's journey from one through three all the way. Yep. Um, that's what we're seeing with the Sam character. We're seeing all four of the the core four deal with overcoming their trauma from the events of the previous year in different ways. You see it in all of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that that's always been a part of the franchise too. And I think that means more in a lot of ways to the identity of the franchise than just quoting movies or naming off obscure you know, of naming off deep cuts. Um, and I, to be fair to the writers and radio silence and everybody involved, I think that the move, the movie makes a pretty clear statement about how it's going to deal with the meta movie stuff right out of the gate. When Ghostface says, who gives a fuck about movies? Who gives a fuck about movies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that opening sequence is laden with movie there's talk. A, yeah. And there's a great line where, I can't, I can't remember if it's the beginning or it's like he made his whole personality his letterboxed account. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, liked when, I like when these movies get mean like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. So, yeah, I like, and there's stuff in the motive. That's the stuff in the motive I really like. Anyway, are you good with Sam? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Tara, let's talk about Tara real quick, uh, played by Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Beefier role in this one, we mentioned yep. that. What did you think of her in this? I think Jenna Ortega's phenomenal. I think there's a reason why she's blowing up the way she is. I think it's very deserved. Um, yeah, I think she's good too. Uh, yeah. I think she's very good. I think her chemistry with uh, with Melissa Barrera is fantastic. I thought it was in the last movie too. Um, I think her chemistry with Mason Gooding in this one's pretty good. Ooh, I want to talk about uh, this a little bit. I did not expect this to be a thing. You like this? Um, no, I do actually. I okay. do. And, and the reason why is you didn't get a sense that these two were all that 
cozy by any means in the um, the previous movie. But once again, trauma does weird stuff to people, man. And people that share a history of going through something together, that can do certain things to people too. And right. I think that... Um, I think you immediately see... I think it's a mixture. There's some romantic stuff, obviously, but I think there's also, like, if you look at what happened in the previous movie, there's an element of, like, Chad's kind of a dork, and he's but he's a good guy. Like, you can tell he's a he's good like dude a, he's, he's the jock with the heart of gold. Yes, the exactly. jock And he's kind of a nerd, too, right. like, like in his own way. He's not, well, like, he a movie has nerd. To be. But, yeah. Yeah, but he's kind of dweeby in a way, yep. you know? But he's, um, I, I always, I read the whole romantic angle in as just them having bonded over what they went through and also stemming from a protection aspect for him because he seems very protective of all of them him her especially it seems like for right. whatever reason and that might be because he has feelings swords or maybe it's maybe it's part of maybe the two of them are uh you know connected in some way but i liked it i thought the chemistry was was good i mean it worked for me okay. um i was hoping that they would get their kiss by the end I, I was like all right let's get this let's make this happen yeah you know wasn't sure what happened there <laughs> Wound up happening. Uh, well, not sure it should have happened there. Not sure it should have happened there. Um, but uh, anyway, Tara. Yeah, that's but I didn't mind. Like. I, I didn't mind any of that, and I, I I really liked. I really liked that her character arc uh, was intertwined with Sam's in the idea of like she's tr- like this is her first year to go away to college and get away from Sleepy Woodsboro. She doesn't want to deal with this shit. She wants to go to school yeah. and drink and have fun and yeah, meet she boys. She's like a teenager still, right? What yeah, is she? 18, she's like 19? nineteen years old. Yeah. She wants to like live a life. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 not only is like the past of what happened, like the the uh, the Woodsboro stuff weighing on her, but like Sam will not let the fuck go. And I love that the two of them. And I I do like I do like at the end that it actually like manifest itself in her actually like physically letting her go right um i like that yeah that was good stuff that yeah. was yeah that's good writing that's it's, that's clever stuff yeah, that's, that's good stuff that's yeah. good writing yeah absolutely <laughs> no it's funny it reminds me of the it a little bit like it reminds me of the character in the williamson movie uh that just came out this year sick yeah where like she wanted to get in college and yeah she was irresponsible but you're also like what are these these are kids what are they supposed to do this is like, like how are they supposed to normal life <laughs> for, for 19 year olds yeah yeah um, you did not love the Chad Tara thing. So this might be a case of me bringing outside stuff to it in that I read the interview with mm. um, Chad, um, what's his Mason Gooding, Mason Gooding, yeah. um, that said like he wasn't supposed to survive the first one. True. And a lot of this felt to be like, uh, he wasn't supposed to survive this first one. Like we should do something with him. <laughs> like, sure. Let's just, let's felt just like make him give him an extra. Yeah. Um, I also thought that scene in the bedroom was weird. Okay. Weird placement in the movie. Gotcha. Um, I thought it weakened his character a little bit, just because like it was like like all of a sudden she was stone sober. What they do throw it like like I mean he's he's kind of taking advantage. Like she's very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we were just mad at this other guy, and we should have been for taking advantage of a drunk. Absolutely. Tara, like what did we do here? We throw in the shower, give her a cup of coffee, and like she's good to go. She's stone sober. I thought it was a little bit sketchy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I get it. Um, I, get it. I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. It so, didn't bother me. I guess I hadn't really thought about that. I mean. I think it was just yeah. because how close the scenes were together sure. to me. Like sure. I'm like, she's still in the same Halloween costume. <laughs> she's still the same. Yeah. But that's, uh, but I get it. Yeah. That was, that's more on uh, the character. It, it most, a lot of my issues, I guess with her 
character kind of stemmed from that. I didn't love that relationship. Yeah. Um, by the end, I was okay with it, but like yeah. you said. Um, I think it makes for a really a really good classic, like, scream tragic moment. Right. Maybe. Well, Which is could have been. Undone. Um, um, but, let me ask you this about Tara, yeah. though, because I do have this. So we've committed... Uh, now, they get very stabby at the end, Tara and Samantha. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've right, thought... I don't blame them. But. The whole time, like, they're setting up... The Samantha turn. You think they're setting up the Tara turn? As uh, goes, she seemed pretty into it. Yeah, when she gave Sam the go ahead to finish off, uh, finish off uh, Detective Bailey. Yeah, um, maybe. Uh, I don't. I hope that's not it. I just would like to keep the the sisters as sisters. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, but could they do it? Sure. Would I buy into it? I guess it depends on how it how it would shake out. Would it, I'm not saying like they're gonna go like they're gonna have they're gonna have a, like a psychotic break and start murdering innocent oh, okay, people. Okay, okay, you're saying more like maybe next time it'll be Sam trying to pull her back from being a little too too much. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, yeah. I don't want her to be like Ghostface. We'll talk about Seven when we. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I I liked uh, Tara will be the first person I mention in a long list of people as we go through, though that uh, miraculously. Is seems to be unfazed by being stabbed in the back, and then in the stomach, like not long after, and then at the end is just. Where are these people's organs? I know. <laughs> Having a casual conversation with her sister on the steps of the theater, nothing that I could see, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, no method of cauterizing the wound or of uh, tourniqueting the wounds. Uh, just kind of sitting there, bleeding, hanging out. Kind of amazing stuff. <laughs> Truly, uh, anything more to say on Tara? No, I like Tara. Yeah, good. Yeah, good performance. Uh, yep. Good character. I like. It. Let's. We talked about Chad a little bit. Let's keep yep. going with Chad. Yeah, Chad. Uh, I like him. Mason I liked him Gooding Jr. One. is his name. I think so. Yeah, or okay. just Mason Gooding. I don't know. Is he a junior? Mason Gooding. No, he wouldn't be a junior. I always. Well, I mean, I think of. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I like him. I liked him in the last movie. I felt like Chad was a like, and I think the filmmakers certainly felt. the He's same. He's just Mason Gooding. Okay. They certainly. I think the filmmakers certainly felt the same because they wound up keeping him alive despite the initial plan not being. I think there's a there's a there's a charisma to him in that first movie. I like the performance. He doesn't have a ton to do in the first movie, but I, I liked him quite a bit, and I was happy to see him come back. Happy to see him have more to do in this one. Um, he might have one of the great like uh, one of the great rare like fuck Ghostface up sequences in this movie. He is lighting Ghostface up. Yeah, like. I think he punches him like six times. He's chucking shit at his head. It's great. Like yeah. it, that was a cool sequence, um, and it ends with probably my favorite moment of the entire movie, which is a, which is funny because like I I did not want Chad to die, to actively want him to die. Yeah. Like you said, um, I just thought after that scene that it would have made a lot more sense both from a just a purely like realistic perspective and also from a storytelling perspective it would have made sense for him to have died because of what happens to him yeah but my favorite bit in the entire movie is is straight up like he's going to smash ghost face with a gumball machine or something another ghost face comes out it's the first time we see two ghost faces on screen at the same time and it's effective it's, as it's shit awesome that it moment is, is awesome. sweet because they both like start circling him like lions like yeah. about ready to, it's so sweet and then they stab the shit out of him mm-hmm. like a lot and I even like his bit where he like tells them to run as he's like, oh, run, you know. And then they throw him down and they both do the knife wipe at the same time. And it's the coolest shit. I got chills yeah. Yeah. in the theater. Like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chad. I liked you, but this is good <laughs> you stuff. You were a worthy sacrifice for this moment. For this moment, because this is good stuff. Um, 
So I liked all that. And, you know, look, I, I'm happy you survived. I think it's insanity. Um, like, really, really crazy that he lived. So I want to say something This real is quick. an easy fix, too. Don't have him get stabbed 70 so, times. So the old, I checked out of, like, anything about three or four weeks before. Like, I yeah. stopped watching trailers. Yeah. But I did see, uh, like, a blurb that said, this is the goriest Scream movie sure. yet. And I think it probably is. I think it probably is. It's still not. It never feels like. Halloween Kills. No, yeah, no. and so my ex, my expectations were like, oh, are they going Halloween Kills? And they didn't. But it, I was like, okay, it is. Gory. There were some gnarly bits. Yeah, I do think that almost works in this movie like to its disadvantage. And I think that that scene there is because it's so brutal and so over the top in some ways. They're just like stabbing him all over. Yeah, it works to its disadvantage because you're like, oh, he has to be dead. It takes away the believability that he could survive this. Like I'm almost. That's the thing is, I'm not rooting for him to survive. No, because no. the kill is so sweet. It's so good. <laughs> I was just like, you got to die from that, or else what else are you going to die from? <laughs> so, yeah, like, like that's as good as it. If you're going to go out in a screen movie, that is about as good as like, it gets. Yeah, it's like, like a, an you're watching a wrestling match and someone's kicking out of five finishers. And yeah, you're like, it's a New on. Japan match. What, yeah, are we doing? what are you? What are we? Like, where are we? Let's this, go home. At some point, you had to get a pinfall. You got to let these two get a pinfall. It was a handicap match at that. <laughs> it was. That moment's really great. Yeah. Um. And like I said, God, I really didn't want Chad to die, but like that, that him surviving doesn't undercut the moment itself because the moment's so sweet. Like, but it it does kind of it left a weird taste in my mouth that he survived. And I think it's also be, like it's 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 not just him surviving. We're about to talk about Mindy here too. Yep. I don't think we needed seven returning characters or six returning characters to survive. I think it's silliness. Right. We needed to lose somebody. I'm, I didn't even want them to necessarily kill Gale. We just lost Dewey. Uh, we don't know if Nev Campbell will ever be back in the series. So killing Gale wasn't even necessarily... I would have been fine with it, but like it wasn't even... But they had to do something, I feel like. like yeah. I felt like Kirby felt too safe going into it because they're not just going to bring back the fan favorite character just to kill her off immediately. She felt safe to me. Gale felt safe to me because... I didn't think they were going to off Courtney Cox when she's the only guaranteed original actor you have to come back. You know, Arquette, his character's gone. Nev, we don't know. So I felt like those two were immediately safe, like plot armor. You know, like they were, there was no, or film, I don't know, production armor. I don't know what you would call it. So it had to be one of the... (laughs) Contract armor. Contract armor. Yeah. So I felt like it, and I felt like Sam was safe. So it had to be Tara or the twins. And like, the twins seemed like at least one of them would have made sense to, you know, and I feel like there was ample opportunity to do that for either one. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah. The only, I, you mentioned it. I, I do like him quite a bit as an actor though. I think he's a very charismatic. Yeah. He's, he's like his dad in a lot of ways. Yeah. That way he's very charismatic yep. screen. Presence. I'm excited to see him come back in the next one. Me too. Obviously. Um, yep, but and if he but if he takes his shirt off in the next one, which seems to be a recurring theme, I think this character's done. Did a he have his times. shirt off? I, yeah. Maybe not in the fifth one. But they seem to want to show off the guns. They um, like to, but and they like to. They did it with the neighbor too. They did. He was ironing, drinking a beer. With the, <laughs> that guy's sweet. <laughs> I, that, that, that's my favorite character in the whole movie. Um, he's the best. Yeah. So um, this is. I mean, he's me in a scream movie, basically, and not as good looking or as cut or whatever. But like that's that would be my role in a scream movie. That fits with the scream ethos, though. I mean, the scream, which is like we're gonna get, we're not gonna give you the naked ladies running around. You get that and. The old Friday yeah. the 13th, we're going to give you shirtless men right Absolutely. Over. Yeah, a little something for, for you know, yeah. for so, everybody else. So. <laughs> um, he does, and we should mention, yeah, I think we did, he terms, you like the term core for? It was yeah, a little cheesy in the it's movie, cute. but yeah. it's cute, it's cute, it's no, fun. No. And it does, it does, it treats them like a family, and it's a good, yes. it's good to give, it's good to brand 
um, yes. stuff like this. You can the, sell. The characters acknowledge how corny it is, which makes it cool. Right. Like if they didn't acknowledge it, it wouldn't be as cool. Um, you ready to move on to Mindy? Yeah, Mindy. Jasmine Savoy Brown. Mm-hmm. It's in Yellow Jackets. I did not know. I, like I saw her in Yellow Jackets. And I said, oh, it's Mindy yeah. from Scream. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what are your thoughts on her in this film? She gets a... She's about the same. A little that's, bit more. Okay, yeah. Mindy, Mindy for me is the weakest of the core four in this movie in terms of... She she has some fun stuff to do in, in some really great sequences. She's a standout in the ladder sequence, obviously, and on the subway sequence, which is one of my favorite bits in the movie. Um, but in terms of like development and having any sort of arc, she really doesn't. And the closest thing to an arc is her not correctly guessing who the killers are. And that is played for like laughs at the end. So, and there's, I think there's a thing with her character too that's part of her charm, which is that she's kind of, uh, what's the word? Not disaffected, but kind of distant a lot of the time. Yeah, she's like with her with her girlfriend, um, yeah. too. Like when they're sitting there, you can tell she's being kind of snarky and distant with her girlfriend. Trying she's to keep very aloof. Very aloof when it comes to everything that's going on. But then it doesn't hit as hard in the middle when her girlfriend dies for me because it, like. Yeah, it's not that big emotional moment for her because, like... I think they wanted it to be. That's the thing, but, like, you don't really get much, like, um, earnestness with her, like, serious with her and her girlfriend. You don't get, like... I never really got a scene. I might have to go back and rewatch it, but I never really got a scene where, like, oh, these two really like each other. Like, I felt bad that the girl died. Yeah, I didn't want to die. But, like, I never, like... It wasn't a gut punch or anything. It didn't tear me up, you know? Um, You know, and then she shows up... And I I like Jasmine Savoy Brown. I like the character... Um, but like then I liked her bit with Kirby was fun too. Their little back and forth was a lot of fun. Good, yeah. Um, but like then she shows up at the end and she's she's been like stabbed in the gut and she's just bandaged and she she comes back and she's making jokes. <laughs> and I'm like, your girlfriend just got murdered. Yep. Your brother, they everybody thinks is dead at this point because right. I think it's before he gets wheeled out. Like and you're goofing around. I don't. It just felt weird to me. Like it feels. Yeah, I'm with It you. feels like the writers feel like she needs to be Randy, at all times, goofy and movie person, and they they haven't allowed her to. I think this is part of the part of the issue with having four main characters like this is someone's going to get the short shaft, and she. I think has. I think she got it. I think of the four, she was like you said, the weakest. She's the one that doesn't feel like she has much of an arc in this movie. I agree. I don't think there's enough time spent with her, but it's also like, how much time do you have? Like, it's a long movie. Yeah, and honestly, you have you kind of have to spend more time with Tara and Chad because they have that relationship. If you want to develop that, you're going to have to spend time with them, right? Yep. And um, Sam is is the lead, so I do think she also benefits, like you said, from goes. He's not a very he's not a very lucky stabber in this movie. No. <laughs> um, uh, I think. Um, she though I think is involved in the best actually sequence in the movie in my opinion. The subway stuff. I think. Would you say that is your favorite sequence in the movie? That's. I think that's mine. There's a part of me though that likes that. Um, I like the opening quite a bit in this too. The opening is like phenomenal. God, there, I I don't know. I have to rewatch it because there's there's like multiple contenders. The bodega sequence rules. Mm. The only drawback to the bodega sequence is we saw like most of it in the trailers. Right. Uh, the opening sequence is amazing. I think the apartment attack ladder sequence is great with them crawling across the ladder. Yes. I think that's great. I think that all the stuff in the shrine leading up to Chad getting double teamed is great. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff in regards to like 
set pieces. She's another one too. Her character is another one where I need to, uh, like, I kind of need a final judgment on some of her stuff on the rewatch because I really want to watch the scene where she talks about the franchises and all that and stuff. Again, that's not so much character, that's plot, but I want to see how that works now that I know where this movie yeah, 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 yeah. went yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I like Mindy. I just, for me, if, if you're, you know, out of the four, I feel like she had not necessarily the least to do, but just didn't have as much meaty stuff to do. And I wish I, w- I wanted to see a little bit more change in that character. And by the end of it, I feel like nothing's changed. We're no. just kind of, yeah, quippy still. All right. Anything else to say about the core four? I don't think so. Yeah. I like them all. I like them all. Let's talk then. So we're, <laughs> I do want to say, but last thing I texted you this yesterday before we move on, because it ties into uh, the core four and these legacy characters. Mm. This is the oldest I've ever felt watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you felt mentioned that. so old in the theater. Yeah. We're there. It's opening night, Thursday night. A lot of younger people mm-hmm. around us. Um, younger people on the screen. It's because yeah. like now all the legacy characters are like. Nev wants more money. Dewey's dead. <laughs> like Gail's like in it every once in a while, and I'm like, "Where are my people? I mean, <laughs> What's happened?" <laughs> I? I just have my anchor is crazy Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> yeah, he's the closest that you feel to any one character. Yes. So I'm That's so great. I'm just like I'm sitting here. I'm like, God, I feel old. And like the other thing too is like like when I watch college basketball now, and I see these kids that are like eight, like they're born in like. 2005. It's crazy. It's freshman. I'm just like, crazy. Oh, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And they all look like elementary schoolers. It's insanity. <laughs> it's insanity. Well, then they make a, like a, they make a gag between Gail, who we're about to talk about, uh, and Kirby, where she's like, Kirby's like, I'm 30. And she says it like, she's like, you know, this like, yeah, I don't know. Like, she's like, I, I'm like, you're still a baby. Gail's right. You're still a baby. <laughs> Anyway, uh, where do you want to start, Kirby or Gale? Let's do Gale real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, let's talk about Gale. All right, Gale. She's back. She's back, and that's about all I have to say. Um, I like Courtney Cox. I like the performance. I actually like where they took Gale. I like the idea that she did write the book. Um, it's not the, the it's not the it's the painful choice. Yep. But it it's the Gale choice. Um, absolutely. It's a bummer, but you should feel like it's a bummer. Um. I have no issue with the fact that she's shacking up another guy. Her and Dewey were separated for like years before he got killed. I also think it's Let's, interesting. Like he still got his picture. The dude she's with is like uh, not like Dewey. Anti Dewey. <laughs> yes. He's like this jacked like. I kind of thought that was an interesting character. Very moment. interesting. Yeah. Um, he means nothing in the overall any of anything. Um, and she, and she treats him as such. Kinda, yeah, he's, yeah. He's like man meat basically. Yep. Um. Yeah. He's like. Yeah. Um. But like you said, I think that works for her. It works for yeah. I was cool with it. Uh, I mean, it's it's sad and it's a bummer, and you want more from her. But after the shit she's been through, she probably regressed a little y- bit. Yeah. What's I mean? What's the point of getting close to some of the like all these people when they're just gonna die? I, I might as well accept who I've always been because life sucks and yep. yada yada. <laughs> um, I love seeing her get dodged the first punch and then get punched. That by That was Tara. a really good, really one. really clever, fun <laughs> stuff. Um, I think it was good for all three of those characters. Um. I will say this though. I, oh, her chase sequence is phenomenal. Gail finally gets a phone call. Yep. Which I thought was a great phone. Probably the best phone call in the in the in the in the sequels movie. in the movie in the movie in this okay. movie for sure. Um, and one of the better one-on-one chase sequences I thought. Really good stuff. Yeah. Um, loved all that. Should Gail have died? Probably. Um, <laughs> both once again, both from a realistic standpoint and from a. Um, we need to. We need to probably. Her. 
Um, am I fine with her living? Yes. Do I need her to be back in another one? Not really. Um, she, I like Gail. Yeah. I think she fits better than some of the people that we would have potentially brought back. She, just because of her, like where she would live and her her occupation. She fits more naturally into this than Sydney would have. Yep. But I also think that Gail's role in this, or lack thereof, just kind of, kind of, for me, brings home my initial thoughts that we don't need... We did not need Sydney in this movie. Yeah. So where would that character fit in with what's going on here? So just because I just feel like Gal just kind of feels like she's here because we need a one of the OG characters. Yeah. I'm not saying, I mean, she's. it makes sense for her character to be there, but nothing she does like at any point in the movie feels like necessary to forward any of the momentum of anything. Right. Like basically she... Through magic journalism powers, she finds a key to the shrine. It's not really, it's like hand-waved, right? And then she has a cool fight sequence. That's about it. It feels like they, it does feel like the studio or whoever, um, yeah, like you said, it said like, well, we're not getting Nev back. We need something to bring in uh, the older crew like us. But like, I don't know. Do you think, I don't want to... Uh, bash Courtney Cox's box office appeal but do you think it made any difference in this I I mean I mean I business wise cuz we yeah we have mentioned I think it probably brought in some of the olds like us Right like cuz they like, oh well, Courtney Cox is yeah. yeah some of the people who like the scream franchise maybe but are like a little yeah, more maybe I'm casual being a little harsh on her. yeah it probably brought in some of the audience that were fans of the older movies right. perhaps but was it bringing in Jenna Ortega's audience probably not no and honestly I, mean, I think a lot of people who saw the first movie would I guess I'm speaking, that feels like something I'm speaking for everyone sure. now, but I, we would have been back because we liked the last one, we liked the way it treated and introduced us to this new crew. Yeah. 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 But maybe that's it. Maybe it was just to give old people like me, like- Someone to hold a on A guide. To. Yes. <laughs> yes. A tether in dark waters. <laughs> <laughs> ah, too many youths. Um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say about Gail? You talked about kind of the regression of her character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with you. It's weird that they haven't killed her in some ways because she's vetted every movie, right? Yeah. And she's like of the original. She's now the only person to be in every Scream film. And she's the most expendable character to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Because she is kind of harsh and like you don't always like her. Um, and yeah. You haven't since the beginning. So like, and, it, and she always, and she's this weird, she's a reporter. She's an outside reporter who doesn't have any real connection to these people beyond what they right. went through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even her, the attack on her life doesn't necessarily feel like it's, it almost feels like it's meant as a distraction more than anything else. Like in this. And like, I think the fact that she, this is her first phone call and she's been in every movie. Crazy. It shows how expendable she is crazy. and how like distant she is from the rest of the <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Technically she got a phone call. In two, but Randy picks it up. Oh, yep. But she never actually gets to talk with Ghostface. Yeah, yeah. I liked the though the bit like her reaction to hearing the voice was super cool. It was almost like oh shit, like I'm actually talking. I liked that too. Thank like, she you. She has yeah. a moment where she like she actually genuinely seems scared, and like Gal's not a scared character. She's been through this shit so many times. But like hearing the voice kind of freaked her out almost. Because like, that took. I was taken aback by that because I thought Gail was gonna like spit back, like fire she, back yeah, at she him. She was like, and but she was. I liked that moment actually, just because it took me by surprise. Because it, it almost it's almost there's almost a moment of I think her going uh oh, 
Like I've never really been the target before. Yeah. This is probably not good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else to say about Gale? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Let's talk about the other big returning ah, character. Kirby. 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 Um, yeah, not the uh, Nintendo character. Yeah, that'd Kirby. be sweet, though. Uh, Hida Pente, who has not been in anything in a while. It's since Nashville, the TV show Nashville. Yep, yep. Um, um, so she is, yeah, returning from 4. I want to state off the top, I am no fan of 4, but Kirby I like. Kirby was standout. Kirby is my favorite part yeah. of 4. Um, Kirby and crazy-ass Emma Roberts jumping through shit. <laughs> Those two are the, yeah. Um, so I was happy... T- if we're bringing something, somebody back from four, Kirby is who I want. Sure. Not, uh, what's her name? The Deputy Judy. Deputy Judy. Which, all right, here's my other oh, thing I, that I want to lay out. I do not think Radio Silence, the guys, um, I prefer to call them that because I don't, like, their last names are yeah. too hard for me to pronounce. Yeah. Um, I do not think they are fans of Scream. I think if you set them down right now, off the record, and ask them their thoughts on Scream they 4. They it's not very good. Uh, they would say, I don't, I don't like that movie. Yeah. So, this is, where I think I'm at with Kirby in this movie is I don't necessarily think they're huge fans of four. And I think they're doing their, this reminds me of Sam Raimi with Venom where I don't think he has any affinity for that character and he's just doing the best he can <laughs> with, what, with what he thinks the fans yeah. will, will want from them. Um, a little bit. It felt weird. She felt shoehorned in. Yeah. She did not feel like the character. There are moments, like you said, where they sat down. There are moments. There's a feistiness there, which is great. Can but... I ask you a question? You're fresher in four. Sure. Was there a lot of back and forth between Kirby and Gale in four? There's like none. Where did this come from in this movie? I would. This was the most distracting. Like, because they have like a like a repartee, like a back and forth, like where they're like sniping at each other. I where did this? Don't come know. From? My only thought is, I guess. Gale lived in Woodsboro for a while. Yeah. Probably after four, even. And I guess Kirby would still be there for a little while. So maybe they like met each other in the interim. And I, maybe but they seem like they were like, they'd like been the, down the road. There's some back and forth, maybe because yeah. she's an FBI agent and she's a journalist. So maybe there's some, maybe there's some crossing of the path. There. Maybe. I think Gail worked on a book about the events of four. Maybe Kirby was involved and she talked, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So that stuff that all would happen in the interim. And I get that. But like, I was distracted the whole time. I'm like, what the hell is happening? To right me, now? that repartee stuff felt like trying to remind the audience who maybe has not ever seen Scream 4 they were or has seen it way back when it came out that like, oh, that's right. She's from another movie. Like yeah. they, she's she's important because she's coming back. <laughs> well, it did the opposite. It, it it made me go. Am I misremembering that yeah. movie? <laughs> like, what the hell yeah. are they doing? <laughs> no, there's really not a lot of interaction between the two of them. Um, what did you think of Kirby, though? No, I mean, like I like Hayden Panettiere. I like Kirby. Um, I I don't. I I think she she feels like Kirby in the sense that she's got some wit and some sass about her. You get some of the movie stuff that's great. I it doesn't feel disingenuine to me. I just never bought Kirby as being the kind of character who would be like a hard-nosed FBI agent. It just didn't... It's like they had a role for an FBI agent in this movie that would be a red herring. And they were like, well, I guess we could make Kirby the FBI agent. And then they figure out a way to make... You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad for the Kirby fan... I like Kirby too, but like I'm glad for the diehards who were like, bring Kirby back. Like, she's back. And I hope you enjoyed her in this. And I didn't, didn't not enjoy her. But does she feel necessary to any of what's going on? No, not even like a little bit. Um, she feels like a distraction a lot of the time, especially as we get into the last ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, of the movie. she's there. Um, she gets to kill a ghost face. So who 
or already should have been dead from the <laughs> previous wound they received. Um, a recurring theme. Um, she gets to do that, which is cool. Um, she's got a cool jacket. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about Kirby. If they bring her back again, I hope that it feels a little more natural. I think, uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat, which is, it's one of those things too where I think at the end of the day, I'm happy they brought her back just because I like when uh, franchises acknowledge the existence. There's it feels a, like the Fast and the Furious. This yeah. is the second time, this is the first time I'm comparing it. We've, we've both done this now. This feels like the Fast and the Furious bringing back like uh, Tyrese. Yeah, from Too Fast. Yeah. yeah. And and it is kind of, and it's it, the thing with continuity is I don't need like it, to tie up every loose end from all the other movies. I just like that they acknowledge their ex- it's an X-Men thing. It's the X-Men fan of me. Absolutely. Like, you cannot tie up 60 um 60 years of X-Men continuity. But I'm always cool when they throw in a little nod for the Generation X and Onslaught fans. Yeah, <laughs> warts and all, baby, warts yeah. and all. Yeah. Like like I I and I and I think this movie does that in a few ways. We get um, we get a, a wonderful mention uh, by Kirby funny enough of our tribal chief <laughs> Roman Bridger. Yes. She even says only ghost face to do it do it solo he's just like he was a go-getter or something like that <laughs> That's right. that, that was a good moment for us roman fans Thank speaking you, yes. of roman yeah roman from fast and furious <laughs> yes yes it all comes back around um so yeah they do a good job of mentioning some of that stuff they mention like everybody's least favorite ghost face multiple times yeah in the movie who's that Culkin. oh yeah yeah they mentioned him multiple times <laughs> Um, because Kirby's involved. Yeah. Uh, there. One more thing. There's a really good Kirby bit that I enjoyed quite a bit actually. When they're in the shrine, she's like kind not in the background, but she's off to like the peripheral, and she's like standing there, like staring at Emma Roberts. Uh, her uh, flannel plaid. Yeah, plaid. Yeah, and I liked that because it's crazy to me. Like she would have woke up from the hospital, like from from her like death. Yeah. Essentially. And then like been told like by the way your best friend died and also was behind. All the killings, yeah. That would suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bummer. Anyway. Uh, all right, cool. Anything else on Kirby? Nah, all right, good. so there are two characters here that I want to talk about briefly, probably, yes. because they are not in the movie. Ah, yes. But they are in the background, at least. Yes. First one I think we need to talk about is Sydney. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. Um, they do mention her. They give, And honestly, I'm totally fine with Perfectly fine. lines like no this. No issue. I laugh. And I go, yeah, I go Joe and sit next to me and he goes, oh, check. I did the same thing with, with Alex. <laughs> I turned to Alex and I went, check mark. Because yeah. um, it's funny. Because especially for people who follow stuff, yeah. behind the scenes stuff closely, it's funny. It's funny moment. I don't know if necessarily your average moviegoer, I mean, they may have heard of this story of the pay dispute and everything. But I think they're just going like, okay, they wrote Cindy out real quick. And I'm fine with it. I have no issue with it. I, I think lingering on it more than necessary would have been more distracting. Me too. It's And it's believable. It's like, it's good Cindy enough. ain't coming to New York. Yep. Yes. She doesn't know any of you people. She ki- she barely likes me. Oh my God, another Fast and Furious thing. This becomes the um, Brian O'Connor problem in the later Fast and the Furious movies. Is like, you've got a wife and kid now. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, is this the is this is this the Fast and the Furious uh, of the Scream um, franchise? I think it's. I think it this might be. we've become. I, honestly, I think there are similarities. We get a Cole Hauser level <laughs> performance at the end too. <laughs> so, so it is like I'm. You know what? I said this at the beginning. I actually, I think I said this before. All of the stuff with Nev Campbell and the dispute. I think I said it in our Scream 5 episode. I didn't want to see Sydney back. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good with her. If they 
if whenever they decide to wrap up the story or maybe this franchise, like they do a final chapter or whatever, yeah, I mean, she can appear if yeah. it makes sense. It doesn't make any sense for her. But I, if was, she doesn't ever come back, like... It was I, I, straining in the last couple. Yeah. I bought it more in five than I did in four, and I think that's part of why I buy five. I bought it in five because... Her initial reaction is, I'm not coming there. Yep. And she only comes because Dewey gets killed and she's pretty pissed. Yep. Um, so the I only way you can get her back at this point is if you bring Dempsey back and have Dempsey get killed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or have him get hurt or something. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. Gail's a... No, I don't think so at this point. Anyway, I I'm I was... I didn't miss Sydney in this movie. No, I'm good with it. Yep. We're good. <laughs> Which is a testament to how... I think how well they've... The fact that we just said we don't feel either of the legacy characters that actually physically came back were really all that necessary in the movie, even if we were fine with them being present and we enjoyed aspects, and that we're not missing Sydney tells me that the writers have done a pretty good job of developing the four people that, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is I don't necessarily want to see, like, Dewey, I understand why they killed off in the last yeah, movie. I, I kind of, it. and I think it works, and I think you had to set that, get those, raise those stakes. And like yes. you said, it brings Sydney back. I don't need to see these characters die on screen. No. Like, I'm fine. Actually, There's I'm, a weird obsession with that for some reason. It's my fear of if um, Stallone comes Ugh. back to the Rocky franchise, because I know how he is. He's going to want to have his Mickey moment. He's going to want to die on screen. Yeah. I don't want to see Rocky die on screen. No. At most, I want to see, like, Creed visit his gravestone. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> like, that's, that's fine, because yeah. it would make sense. But I, Stallone's going to want to take up half the movie with... <laughs> <laughs> with like dying on screen, like I don't want to see that. No, yeah. no. I'm good. <laughs> so there, we found another franchise to compare this to. Uh, anything <laughs> great else uh, to uh, say about Sydney? No, we can talk about Dewey, Dewey. very briefly. Yeah. There's a picture of him. Um, I liked that moment. That yeah. was because it's back by your gun, right? Yep, and it's the same one that he had up in his trailer, which is fun. Yep. Um, and we get the Dewey theme. We do. We do. I started. <laughs> I started softly humming it in Alex's ear. <laughs> next to me. Uh, I really love that they they played the Marco Beltrami, Broken Arrow, <laughs> Broken Arrow music. It's <laughs> pretty excited about that. Uh, but no, Dewey's a presence in the sense that like, you know, when K- Gale does kind of get a conscience again, it's because Dewey's brought up. Yep. You know, and that's and that tells you why she backslid. I mean, it, her even when she wasn't with Dewey and they were you know, hundreds of miles apart or whatever. Like, he was there, you know, probably a little angel on her shoulder saying like, come off it a little bit, Gail. You know, so, that I thought that was kind of nice. So, I like to hear that. I like to think that Gail heard the Broken Arrow theme in her head in that moment. Yeah, yeah I just wanted to put that, because Dewey and Sydney, I think, are handled very well in this movie. Mm-hmm. We don't dwell on either of them, but they get their moments. And yes. I think that's, that's good enough for of people like us who yeah. have been for, that's all I want to do is I like I want to see the characters treated with respect if they're not going to be there I agree and I think they were yeah, they didn't just like murder Sydney off screen like it, it's, because it, isn't there can you imagine what is the one I I could have there's Triple like, X <laughs> there's a franchise where you murder your main character so there's a yeah there was a paid dispute between Vin and because Vid was getting too big for his britches at the time. Yeah, uh, he didn't want to do Triple X too. So yeah, what they have they filmed an entire side movie for the DVD where they blow up his character for yeah. the DVD, and then the X, like the Triple X tattoo, flies at the screen on a piece of 
Like on, on like a fleshy patch. <laughs> so, Can you imagine if they opened this film with like, if they did that to Sydney? It said like Prescott on the mailbox or something. Yeah, and like you hear a phone ring, and the house just blows up. <laughs> Sydney and her entire family were killed. So that's so I'm glad they didn't triple X her and yes. they just moved yes. on. All right, now I think cause honestly, as we've gone through this, we've been pretty positive. I think yeah, for the most part. I think now is where we where we might get into the negatives. Yeah, I think so. We got to talk about the ghost faces, plural. Yeah, and I think we have to start with one, Mister Dermot, Detective oh, Bailey, Detective, Detective George Bailey, Detective <laughs> Bailey, um, Dermot Mulroney. My goodness, he's making choices in this film. Is this the most over the top performance? Yeah. All the way through. That's the thing. The weird thing is he's like weird all the way through the movie. Especially once his daughter fake dies. It's a weird performance he, at that point. He becomes like vigilante. Like be action movie vigilante like guy. Like vengeful. But it's you're you're always like, man, Dermot's making choices here. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like... I can't take him seriously. I almost can like I can almost buy him becoming like Liam Neeson taken, but not Dermot Mulroney. I can't buy him. I know. I can buy the character maybe. Sure. Becoming that, but I, it's his performance. It's weird. It's a strange performance. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that was Dermot's choice. Like, I want to make this guy kind of off from the get go because I want you to be. It's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. Um, but he gets. I mean, once the reveal comes, boy, oh boy, is he. And that's the thing is like he's something else. When I think of over the top performances in these movies, it's always when the reveal comes. His is kind of over the top all the way through. All the way through for me, like there, were, I laughed out loud a couple of times, like yeah. at his delivery because it's, it's so weird. It's bizarre. Because uh, the what's um, like I kind of love it. I'm gonna oh I'm gonna go way? back and I'm gonna go back and watch this and I'm gonna you're gonna love it. his performance. Yeah. It yeah. just took me by surprise. Yeah. Um. And I'm not gonna defend it as good either. I mean, no. I'm just gonna. <laughs> there you guys, uh, you have a saying a lot of time like understood the assignment. Like he understood the assignment. I don't know if he understood the assignment. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know. I think he understood it. Yeah. I just think his interpretation of the assignment <laughs> may have been different. Like like he was asked an essay question. And he went off on an interesting tangent with it. He wasn't wrong, uh, necessarily. Uh, it just wasn't what was expected of him. Um, yeah. So talk about his motive here, because I know you have some stuff to say okay. about the motive in general. Here's what I'm gonna. Here's how I'm going to do this. Because I'm going to need you to, honestly. Well, okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break down the motive and everything that Dermot does behind the scenes, and then we're, we'll just we're just going to tie in. The the kid ghost faces with this, okay, at this point. There's okay. Not a lot to say about the kid so ghost Quinn, faces, right? So Quinn, the roommate, the sex positive girl. Yes. Is what she, not the not the slut. You can't say that. No, no, no. Sex um, positive. And Ethan. Yes. One was, of them is the roommate of Sam and Tara. And Ethan um, is the dude. Is the roommate of Chad. Who's Yeah, roommate of Chad. So they've inserted themselves into their lives, probably both to kind of get intel and also eventually do some stabbing. Um, I will say, since we won't dive too much into them, I thought Quinn was a cooler character than Ethan. Ethan kind of floats in the background a lot of the time. I think it works yeah. for him. I kind of liked Quinn was kind of a almost a bummer for me because uh, I kind of liked Quinn. Yeah, she was yep. fun. Yep, she was fun. She reminded me of Tatum. Yes, a yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah, like a modern Tatum. I always kind of liked that uh, slasher uh, archetype character. Anyway, kind of badass chick that badass chick isn't that, afraid yeah. to like speak her mind yep. and isn't afraid to talk about sex and isn't yep. afraid to. I liked. I always, I've liked, always that liked that character. Yeah, yep. sex positive. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ethan 
he's he's got some funny moments. I like some of his stuff. Like I got a tissue. If you need. Like <laughs> some of that stuff is fun. Right. And but he's very. I mean, he's pretty thinly drawn. Uh, the performance is fine. It feels uh, like there's a, a scene or two missing from his. I think so. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. And I like how he gets ragged on for being the killer by like everybody multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. He just keeps going. I was in economics or whatever he said. I was an econ. Yep. That's yeah, funny to me. <laughs> Because then he winds up being a killer. I think he has a funny line, though, that I really like the delivery after it, post-reveal, where he's like, he's like, Chad figured it out right away. <laughs> he's like, he's like, idiots. <laughs> and he says something about like, because he's kind of incel right? That's kind of part of his thing. Yeah, yeah. Because he this, says This is Dermot's, uh, his fathering style. Yes. He's to be raising a very certain type of. Certain type. Yeah. Yeah, he says, yeah, his daughter is not. Right. But his sons seem to be. Um. That's the most interesting stuff with the family aspect of yeah. this movie is when you start to dig into Dermot. The dynamics, par- perhaps? Parodies. Okay, so yeah. here we go. All right, I'm finally going to break. Here, uh, let's break this down. Okay. Bit by bit. From from genesis of Dermot's plot to, and I want, if, if anything doesn't sound right from how it was described in the film to you, I want you to call me out on it and okay. we need to suss this out. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Dermot has three kids. One of them is Richie from Five. Richie really likes the stab movies. Really likes the stab movies. Enough to eventually go off and start killing people. Dermot uh, begrudgingly uh, acknowledges and endorses his sons love the stab movies. Up to and including... You said uh, sons, right? His son. Uh, his so, Richie's. Oh, so Richie, just at least Richie Richie's. Does. Okay. Um, he, he indulges this obsession uh, by using his police contacts to to gather an insane amount of evidence from the murders uh, to bring to Richie as like, look, I got you so-and-so's robe, or look, I got you this thing. Because he's indulging Richie's love of it, like a doting father. Um, and, uh, you know, Richie, we even like to make fan films. I think we see them screening. Those were Richie's fan films, right, at the end? Yes. His stabby fan films. I like all of that. All of that. Me too, yeah. It, it, uh, you and I both had the exact same feeling on this. Um, which is not uncommon for us, that it actually makes Richie and all the f- and five as a movie more interesting. I, now getting yes. some of this background, I like. Yeah, it. I think it makes it stronger. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of where I yeah, that's where I sta- this is where I like the motive. I like that they and honestly, this is kind of why I what I was talking about with the movie. It pulls back from a lot of that meta mm-hmm. stuff and it makes it more personal. Yes, um, and I think that stuff honestly, I think that stuff works. And I think the the part where you're sh- seeing Richie's like fan-made films in the background mm-hmm. is really kind of touching to me. There's a sadness to it. There is a sadness mm-hmm. to that. And it's also, there's a sadness to, and this is why I wish his performance was maybe a little bit better, um, Dermot Mulroney. I as wish a, was a little more grounded and not as, yeah. As a dad who cannot, he's a cop, he's like a hardened like cop. Like, he is the type of guy that cannot connect with someone like a big time movie nerd who just loves the sort of stuff. Like there is a kind of the a, closest way he can find a connection with him is to like get evidence and go yeah, and bond over the evidence. Essentially there's a sadness of it. And I really, really like that stuff. And like you said, that adds what I thought was missing from five, which is like a real human element to the, to that motive where I thought five kind of got lost in the, uh, toxic fandom stuff. And for me, um, oh, it's just the, uh, the, the captain America, I'm knocking stuff over, yeah, fell over by you. Um, but it lost what it gets lost in the weeds, I think, in a lot of that toxic fandom stuff mm-hmm. that it never really like part one does ties it to the real world. Yeah. Well, this actually does that in a way. And so that's why I really dig it. Agreed. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So um Richie decides to go on his killing spree from from five. Richie is killed in, in insanely 
brutal fashion by Sam at the end of that movie. Gail, uh, Gail writes a book, and the book coming out is what finally sets off Richie's dad and siblings to go, you know what, we're going to get this this son of a bitch, this, this asshole yeah. that killed. They know fully well Richie's guilty. They know this, but he basically says, like, it doesn't matter, you messed with my family. And he mentions having seen the crime scene photo and that setting him off. Like, once he saw how brutalized Richie was, he was like... Yep. I kind of like that, too. Yep. I kind of like... Because, like, like or not, like, Sam went overboard on that. Something. Like, she could have killed him after, like, three stabs. Right. Uh, and she went to town. I don't know if you remember. She stabs the dude, like, 20 times, mm-hmm. then cuts his throat, then shoots him three times. Right. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame her, but, you know. Anyway... So, here's where we start losing me. Yeah. All right, here we go. Richie's Detective Bailey uproots his other two kids, moves to New York, and becomes a detective. They both start going to college, one of them under a completely false identity, the son, Ethan. They maintain the father-daughter thing for some reason between... Detect, there's no cover for that. Mm-hmm. That's my other little screen range change. I don't know why they ever even like tied those two together as father and daughter. It served no purpose, really. Do you think? Okay, so do you think you're? Are you saying like you don't know why they tied them together from the beginning, and you were okay? You would have been okay if it would have been a reveal towards the end. Yes, like, yes. he would have. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I think that'd be better. I think it it would wipe away some of the some of the issues I have with the whole like s- switching out bodies thing, because like. Oh yeah, g- yeah. Wouldn't his coworkers know what his daughter looked like? Like, wouldn't, it, wouldn't they have, have seen a picture of her at some point? Or, like, also, I, it just, yeah. I, I, the, the daughter thing felt like it was, un, I don't know. Anyway. So he gets them in there. He starts working at the NYPD. No one has vetted this guy. Not only has no one vetted this, somehow he's, he's so skilled at his work that he's, like, faked who he is completely. Yeah. Despite a year earlier, his son having committed a spree killing that was so big in the news that it had a book written about it. And you mean to tell me that no one involved, not Sam, not Tara, not Gail, not Kirby, the FBI agent, nobody who, who, by the way, Kirby, who is straight up said, like, I take an interest in ghost face killings. No one involved has seen a picture, an yeah. interview doesn't no one involved knows anything about Richie's family after he was makes no sense to yeah me. I can't swallow it <laughs> I can't do it uh, I can't did you, do it the only reason Mrs. Loomis works is because Sydney never sees her throughout the whole movie until the reveal and they mention offhandedly that like she had a bunch of work done and stuff yes <laughs> and that's enough for me and we should mention too this very obviously apes and yeah Mirrors scream too, and I'm the, cool with that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually fine with that. Fits yeah. in the franchise. That didn't yeah. bother me at all. <laughs> yeah. And I think they're gonna do it with Scream Seven, with Scream Three. Okay. Um. So, so I I can't buy it, Tim. And then we need to talk it. about you. Kind of mentioned it. Okay. Explain and to me. Then, okay. And then, explain so, to me what he does with his daughter's. The body. killings start. Okay. And then he goes to the apartment, pretends to kill his daughter applies some sort of neck prosthetic to make it look like her throat's been cut, tosses her her body in the living room, chases a bunch of people around, girl falls off the ladder, everybody scatters. Him and his daughter, who is not dead, then go back out to the car Ye- and get a body. 
and swap a fresh it body out. who must look enough like her. They put the body in the apartment. She takes off to go stab, stabby stab at Gale. And then he goes back down and he's swaps back into cop attire and shows up as the first responding officer. It's very strange. I told you after, there are two scenes now that I want to see in movies. One is the Tom Jane Punisher. Uh, I want to see him like parking the car to form the skull logo that lights on fire when he drags how John. How long Rebo- it took him? Like, like he's like sitting there and he's like, "Oh fuck, that's not right." <laughs> he's like, oh, "Gotta move this but one." It's gonna be so sweet when he's done. <laughs> he's just, just he takes a lunch break halfway <laughs> yeah, through. It's gonna be rock. He's like smoking. He's like, "Got it." Um, but now I need to see. You can do all this, but you got to show me the work. You got to show the work. I got to see the deleted scene of what you just describe occurring. It'd be hilarious. I have to see all of the work because you know what you want me to buy it. You got to show me. It's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous uh, that I have to buy it. It's ridiculous. Now you mentioned this. I think maybe before we were recording, and if, yeah. I'm going to see if you want to do it. Do you have theories? Do you have guesses as to which Ghostface is doing? Yeah, 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 here? for sure. Um, I well, I think I think it's pretty easy to say that Dermot is the killer of. Of we should mention Jason, who is technically the fourth Ghostface in this movie. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Tony Ravioli. Oh, yes, that opening. Is incredible. We're gonna get to him yeah. uh, sorry. in a second. Yep. Anyway, no, we're uh, good. <laughs> he kills Jason and Jason's partner. I think the only reason why I say that is he's the one who's he. It would have to be him saying who gives an f about movies, right? Like he's he would be the one that would say right. that. So I think that's him. And then who's the next? The Bodega people. I don't know the Bodega. That ones. could be anybody. It could be anybody. I I'd th- have think. to go back. And I have to rewatch. I would have to go back. Yeah, to see where each character is at the time, because one of them. No, that's not the time they would have been. I think in. it's e- him. They would have been in class. The econ class would have been during the first murder, he says. Yeah. No, that was during the the econ classes during the the latter. Oh, the latter part. Okay. Because right. <laughs> he's not in the apartment with them during that. So I don't know. That's either. Okay. It's not. It's. Well, you know what, though? I think right before that scene, they're all upstairs because they all freak out about the news report. And then Dermot calls them and says, you need to come down to the station. And that's when they leave and they get attacked at the bodega. Okay. So it's probably Dermot. Yeah. Right? Are all of... So... All the kids Quinn are up and in the... Yeah. And are, what are they going to do? I got, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. I just couldn't remember if Quinn and Ethan were both with they them. They are up there. Scene. Okay. So that's probably Dermot it's as Probably well. Dermot in the bodega. Which makes sense. Like, that, that person's skilled as shit. Like, right. it's probably somebody who has police training. I guess right. he could train his kids, but... That's Dermot. Who's next? Next on the on the proverbial oh psychiatrist psychiatrist that I think it's Dermot and my reason for saying that is that like he knows where to go immediately after the scene where she's like yeah I told my my psychiatrist is my alibi they cut to the psychiatrist getting stabbed through the nose right so it's probably him but it could be anybody I guess uh, what else do we got so we're are we getting to Gale yet the next attack would be oh no the next attack would be in the apartment apartment. That could I, that could either be Dermot or the son. Ethan, yeah. The, now the only reason that leads me to believe once again it's Dermot is that the son is so adamant that he was seen by a bunch of people. Like I was there. You can ask anybody. Like it'd be pretty easy for Ted to shoot out a text and say, "Yo, was Ethan in?" Yep. So I think Dermot does a lot of the heavy lifting. I do too, and I think that actually makes sense because yeah. he would not necessarily want his kids constantly in danger. Probably in danger or to get their hands dirty. Like he wants. Like they're there. Um, to infiltrate the friends, infiltrate and, the trends, and like and to close point things them out in directions that they want them to yeah. go. With. Yeah, and then uh, 
Um, then you've got the sub Gail and the subway attack. Quinn says that she did both of those. Okay. At the end, she mentions that she was. Yeah, that. I think that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. she's dead at this point, so she can right. freely run around and do whatever. She can she run wants. around at this point. And Plus, I'm thinking of the ghost, the way that Ghostface moves in those. Yeah, I think she, that. Yep, she's a little more quick. Yep. On her feet. Yep. And she, um, uh, at that point, Ethan and this is when we're doing. We're gonna catch Ghostface, and you know. Dermot's got the earpiece in the park, and Ethan's in the van. He couldn't; they couldn't have been doing any of that. Right. So, so that works. And then everything up until that point is, is there's yeah, no it, mystery to no it. No rhyme or yeah. yeah. The siblings are the one that stabbed Chad. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I think that's it. All right. Anyway, anything else on the ghost faces? No. Look, like uh, the plausibility of them even being able to do any of this is pretty insane to me. And this is where I, where I said at the beginning, this is the silliest scream. That's what I'm talking about. Is when the reveal comes, and I start to like place together the events of the movie in my head. I'm like, yeah. this is some silly shit we're going really on. And, silly. and Dermot is out of control. Out of control. I've got these next few handful here. Yes. Listed as the new blood, and we can go through them. But um, let's start with Danny Brackett, who I think has the biggest role of anybody. Josh Segarra. Josh Segarra. Well, like quite a bit. Yeah, he plays. Uh, what do they call him? Hot neighbor or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hot neighbor. There's a uh, there's a great red herring moment though, because he's kind of a red herring throughout the movie. He is. Yeah. Um, but love in, interest always is. What is Coors Edge? Have you had Coors it is Edge? Non-alcoholic. Nikki literally googled it in the theater because yeah. she's like, I gotta know what that is. So I liked that. That was in the bodega. They show, they make sure the camera catches the Coors Edge, and then when he's drinking alone in his apartment, and when he comes in with a six pack, he's got Coors Light. So you're thinking like, oh, like it's just like a like a mental thing. They Interesting. Did there. Yeah, because Ghostface isn't drinking Coors Edge, but they show it, and then he's drinking Coors Light. The, the what apartment. if that was a what if that was an actual clue like of like. That led to a ghost face reveal was like the brand of beer that they they drink Coors. Yeah, uh, I mean it would make more sense than what we got. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, there are a lot of hints, though. To be fair, the only to the reveal yes. eventually. I, w- I want to say it real quick. There are a lot of hints. They're all. I argue that they're almost too too many. Pointed. And the only reason why I did not think going into Act Three that Dermot and his daughter were, I I thought that they were involved almost immediately after being introduced. The only reason I didn't was because of the daughter's fake out death and not because it was well done because I did thought to myself, there's no possible way they could have faked that. Right. <laughs> With paramedics around and yeah. Anyway. Uh, so Danny Brackett is his name, which is a, a nice, nice reference to nice Halloween reference. Jess Segura, who is in She-Hulk was what I've known from Alex. I was talking to Alex a little bit after the yeah. founder. Uh, there's an HBO Max show that sounds really funny um, that has not been canceled. Um, huh. but, uh, he, it, it kind of reminded me of pop star a little bit, but he plays like, um, it's called the other two, I think is what he said. And it's a comedy and Josh Segura plays like the other brother, I think of like a Justin Bieber style oh, pop no. stars. <laughs> and he's just kind of a big dumb puppy, puppy dog. He's good at playing a part. The only thing I want to say about him and I liked him, but the latter scene, mm. Hey man, like maybe toss something across the way to get like her. watch. <laughs> There's I think I even seen, heard someone say it in the movie, like, throw something. <laughs> like, yeah, man, like, don't go run and get a ladder. Like, His solution is to take a picture eventually and... and yeah, so I thought, like, that was such a dumb character moment that I thought he had to be Ghostface for a while. It. I thought he was going to be the last mask off there for a second. Right. But... Uh, what did you think of him? Well, he Danny rules. Bird. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's sweet. He just hangs out in his apartment most of the time. 
occasionally he has a very beautiful woman come over and have sex with him. Yeah. Um, or maybe he, well, I don't think he goes over there. I think she comes over to him. She seems like, oh, yeah, because they don't know. to keep it. Yeah, yeah. trying to keep it on the DL. So that's, that's cool. Um, I respect that. Um, he, uh, he's sweet because he never once gets attacked in the movie. He avoids getting attacked at all costs. Well, everybody else in the movie is getting stabbed multiple times. He's like, nah. Um, I don't even think he actually has an encounter with Ghostface at any juncture in the movie. Um, he also, at the end, just shows up like, I brought the cops, which is what we probably all should have been doing. Yeah. And he's sweet. He rules. I hope he's in the next movie, and I hope he does the exact same shit. <laughs> I hope he like isn't around near any of the attacks, Yeah. and he's constantly like just kind of there, and at the end, he shows up like, I brought the army. <laughs> Uh, That's what I hope. He's, yeah, he's like in the Bond movies when mm-hmm. they bring in the cavalry. Exactly. Um, Annika, that this is the girlfriend of yes. Mindy, or at least the uh, are they girlfriend? I can't remember. I think they're girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't know if they were that serious. I don't know if they put a label on it yet. Um, but <laughs> I forgot she honestly. This is we talked to, when we talked about Mindy. I forgot she existed half the movie. She kept like popping up. Oh yeah, she's fine. I yeah. mean, the actress is fine. The the role is pretty underwritten. There's not a lot going on. It's she is playing Mindy's girlfriend. There's about that's about it. Uh, uh, she's there for us to have a moment that's an emotional yeah, death so scene. Yeah, so someone we know mm-hmm. kind of gets killed. That gets killed. It's a good sequence. Um, her head hitting the trash can's really uh, mean. She's got a good, yeah, that is a good sequence, and she's got a really harsh. It's really mean. It's good, it's good. And that's after she gets stabbed, like, in the belly button, and he, like, starts doing that. A lot of twisting in this a lot one. Of twisty a lot stuff. of twisting yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, she's 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 fine. I, I don't have a lot to say about her, you know. Dr. Christopher Stone, <laughs> Henry Zerny, bearded Henry Zerny. This was the second, it's not even a twist, this was the second moment after after the opening where I went, ooh, I don't know where this is going. Because like, as soon as we saw him, I went, that's one of the killers. Right. We, he he's was even one of, one of our guesses like, leading up to this. We're like, oh, he's got to be it. Yeah. Gotta be I it. joked about Dermot. I was kind of hoping it would be. Now I'm not sure if that, <laughs> I wished it into existence. Um. But yeah, he gets killed really early on. He has like one and a half scenes. And he's just done. And I was like, oh shit, I actually did not see that coming. I thought he'd at least be around longer to be more of a red herring. So I wasn't surprised by that. That got me going. Especially because Nikki turned to me and she goes, uh, uh, right after we see him in the, his first scene with Sam, Nikki turns and she goes, that's Richie's dad. And I went, oh, it is. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, shit. And then he gets killed. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. And then I went, Dermot is. Dermot's Richie's dad, I said to her. And then the the daughter thing happened, and I went, oh, never mind. Okay. Anyway. But, yeah, uh, I love Henry Zerny. Um, yes. Worked with them in the past. Yes. Yes, he's worked yes, with Henry. He's a lot of fun. Uh, doesn't do a lot in this. Great killer beard, no pun intended. Uh, gets stabbed through the nose, which is brutal. Uh, pretty mean way to go. <laughs> and then Dermot has a really goofy, wonky line where he's like, "Did you see the pictures? He got stabbed in the nose." <laughs> I I laughed at that part. That delivery was funny too. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had a good beard in this one. Uh, I don't have much to say. About him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he would be one of the killers. He was not. Um, he was not. All right, this will lead us into finally talking about the opening yes. scene. We're going to end with the opening. Yeah. Tony Revioli. 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 <laughs> and Samara Weaving. Mm. Um, I'm just going to get this out of the way real quick. Yes. I was a, I, I believe my minor was cinematic studies at Central Michigan University. Uh-huh. And I'm going to say none of my re- professors looked like Samara Weaving. And if they did, <laughs> and I wouldn't kill them. And I <laughs> 
yeah, my professors probably looked more like Henry Sarney. Or Tony Revolori. <laughs> yes. They were all just all the white dudes with beards. Um, so I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he needs to see how, like, think about how good he's got it here. <laughs> yeah, I'm a... I, I'm not not a fan of Samara Weaving. I'll say that. <laughs> so, woman. Um, uh, she's great in this movie. Really good. She's great. This is okay. This is the saddest this death is a, for me. This is a good yeah. Because she's so she seems so like she's kind of dorky. Yeah, and kind of and just nice and just wants to have a nice night out and maybe meet a guy. And yeah, like, she it wants, just feels like a night. She like, likes to talk about movies. So she's, she's kind of embarrassed. I don't want she say she's embarrassed by her pursuit, but she's also like she doesn't want yeah, it all to be about that. You know. Um, and the death is really mean. Like, just keep, yeah. Where do you rank this one among the openings? I've actually got this. I was thinking about this. On, I went on a walk. I think I got this pretty high. One is my favorite. Two yes. is right there. The Jada Pinkett in the theater. Yeah. I think I might have this three. This is three. Yeah. This yeah. is firmly, this is, right now it's firmly behind two for me. As far as, as far as. Um, openings. Yes. Because. I think the only reason I say that is because. This one works so well because we've become accustomed to what Scream openings are, and it subverts those expectations in a way that is really, really smart. But you need those other openings to, for that to even... To, for that to, right. Like, Scream 1 and Scream 2 are just great sequences on yes. their own without any sort of, you know... But this is this is the best since 2, no question. It might be, like, tied with 2 for me. It's damn good. I think it's very good. I think, And this is one of the sequences that I think uses New York... Yes, to great effect. Very. I'm effectively. three is fine. Um, four I don't like. Three's very by the numbers. I, yeah, the voice changer is a clever little bit. Yeah, four, four is annoying. Five, five is pretty is, good too. Five is pretty good. Yeah. Five, yeah, five is just feels like standard. It's back to yeah, basics. five is good. Yeah. Five is good. Yep. Um, and then what about Jason Carvey? Is his name? Um, he's a ghost face. I'm hearing a lot of debate. Is Jason? No, he's a, a ghost guy. face. He's a, he he made a call. Mm-hmm. He put the costume on, and he killed somebody. He's a ghost face. He's the least successful. Is Charlie Walker still the worst? <laughs> I don't know. Up for you to think. I like um, how mean the movie is to him, too. Yeah. The only His partner is not a ghost face, though. The guy he was going to ghost face with. Right. Fridge Greg, point, right? he didn't do shit. Yeah, Greg, right? right? Yes. yes. I want to say this about his character too, because he's wearing the uh, the um, four flies on gray velvet. Yeah, he's wearing the yeah, the Jallo shirt. Mm-hmm. So I want to say this, and I think this is in defense of not the motive so much, but as them, the writers and directors, throwing in a clever little, almost like we know how ridiculous this motive is, mm-hmm. because we're going to call back to Jallo movies where the motive is always insane. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Related to family, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, where you really have to stretch credibility, and I think that, if I recall correctly, that one, some of the steps it takes, you're like, what? Insanity. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I thought that was a really clever nod. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I liked, I liked that bit, and I, um, yeah, I like the opening, and, I, and it rules. I dug those characters. It was pretty predictable that they were going to be from the trailers and everything. That I thought they were going to be the ones. They were either going to get killed early or yeah. they were going to be Yeah, I did not know it was going to go down like that, though. Yeah. Um, when he took the mask off, I genuinely was like, oh, what are we doing? Hmm. What are we doing? That's what I wanted to ask you. So were you thinking we were going to get a movie where we knew Ghostface from the beginning there? For and a, would you rather have had that? There was a moment in time where I thought to myself, there's no way that we're going to know the whole time. So like in my brain, I went... We're going to know who one of the ghost faces is, and we're not going to know who their partner is. 
That's what I thought it was going to be. Okay. So we'll still have a whodunit element, and we'll be watching Revelory's interactions with people to see if we can... You know what I'm saying? Right. I thought that would be it. And then it kept going. Once he got back to his apartment, I went, he's going to get a call. And I think Nikki and Alex both realized at the same time, because they both were like... I heard Alex go, oh my God. Like, because <laughs> I think he knew right, like, right then. I heard Nikki go, what? <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah, that was good. Very good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, that's a wrap. Yes, on Scream Six. We've talked a lot about Scream Six. Let's talk about real quick about Scream Seven. Yes. Where do you think this is going? You said you had some theories. Well, here's here's what I would do in all my, you know, on all my creative genius. Um, I think you gotta look. This one definitely plays off of the first, the Scream Five plays off the first movie in fun ways you know it's very similar in a lot right. of ways by design including ending at the same house scream two or scream scream six i keep calling it scream two mm-hmm. scream six plays off of scream two it's even called out it takes place when the kids are all the way at college the movie ends in a theater like oh yeah i like yeah, that stuff that's the, good at easter eggs mm-hmm. yeah there's the parental aspect to the killer's motive very much i think we're going to do it again with scream seven Call back to Scream 3. And what does that mean, you might ask? Well, of course, we get the the tribal chief in Scream 3. Hit, you know, long lost brother of Sydney. I think it's going to go one of two ways. We are either going to have another spawn of Billy, because Billy was getting around back then. He seemed to be, yeah. Yep. And we're going to have a half sibling to Sam who has instead of instead of fought the impulses these dark impulses embrace them and Sam. become every no no uh this sibling, oh this other okay who has embraced the impulses and essentially become everything Sam feared she would become and now she's got to do battle with the dark version of herself essentially that could be interesting does it repeat on the scream 3 thing well yeah but i don't think they're afraid to do that no or you have do the, you do the same thing, but it's Stu's kid, and saying so now you've got that's let's say Billy and Stu both fathered, and, and maybe it was part of their whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Billy and Stu were like, "Hey, we're gonna," you know, it'd be kind of cool. Part of Billy and Stu's plan, like, "Hey, if we get killed off, we we have a and we're gonna leave some heir. We're gonna leave something for one of the kids so they can find each other one day." And yeah. What if, like, Stu's dark son or daughter shows up and she's like, Sam, it's time for us to finally... Was it, There was a question mark by Stu, right? Yeah, there was. They're, scr- they're screwing with me. I like it. Yeah. They're oh, definitely yeah. So, screwing with me. So that, and then there was also, um, there's the line. Um, there's the line that where when Mindy and Kirby are sitting in the theater on the stage together, and Kirby goes, you know, like, oh, that's the TV that killed Stu Mocker. That's what Kirby says. And then Mindy goes, yeah, if you believe it. And then Kirby doesn't say anything. She just goes quiet. Like, she knows. They're screwing. I think they're screwing with people here. Like, totally. Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring Stu back. I don't think so either. Um, The other question I have is, so we've kept the mom burning in the background for two movies. The mom's going to be a factor. It has to be, right? Yes. I do not think she's going to be a killer. I think she's going to be either a red herring or something that she's done in the past. What if she's... I don't know. I don't okay. know what it's going to be. Something that she did back then. They also set up Leslie Mocker at one point in the last movie. They yeah. specifically call out a name. They never just say like that the guy Vince, the 
gross guy. That gets oh, yeah, yeah. They never just say, like, oh, it was Stumacher's nephew. They say it's Leslie Mocker's son. Not Stumacher's nephew. There's a difference there, okay? Yeah. There's a... Why make up a name for the character when it doesn't really... So I think we could... We're going to get some dark secrets about stuff that happened back during the original murders here. But what was it? Yeah. Could they go as deep as having Sam's mom, Sam and Tara's mom maybe have known that Billy and Stu were planning it? You think we're fin- finishing out a trilogy here on this next one? I think they're going to do another movie with this cast and then take a break. I think you have to. <laughs> I, I think, think they're going take... to I think they're gonna have to because yeah. some of these actors are blowing up now. I think taking a break is like I've come to realize that's a good thing in a lot of ways. Like yeah. it's you may you miss it. You yes. do. So okay. I think we need a break after seven. I do too. And I I miss the same boat with the Halloween movies now. I think we need a couple years, like a, more than a couple years. We need a break. Halloween I'm cool with like a solid like five or six years. Yep. And then we can come back and do whatever in do five or six different. years. Yep. I, I I might be in the same boat with Scream Three. We'll see. I agree. All right. Excellent. What do you want from seven? Are you cool with any of that? The only thing I would like to see is, I, I kind of mentioned, I would like to see a payoff to um, the mom the mom stuff. You have to. And I would like to see them, I'm hoping it's the same creative team, honestly, because that at least will, I think you have a better, because part of the problem with Scream 3 is they brought in Aaron Kruger. Well, the writer, the writers the writers of 5 and 6 are the ones working on 7. Good. Yes. And I'm hoping it's I, the same directors as well. I hope so. I hope they're able to do it. Honestly, because they I got think, Escape from New York Bruin too, so. Yeah, I would rather see Scream 3. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they can get to Escape from, we can do, we can get to that some yeah. other time. Uh, we can get to them later. This, or we can get, Escape from New York, I'm not, waiting for yeah. um but i like them and i think they have a good handle on these characters in I this agree. in this trilogy and i want to see them cap it off because i feel like we didn't get that with the first trilogy no and it's i'm not someone no. who hates scream 3 but there's a piece missing from scream it, 3 and it's kevin williamson it felt compromised yeah. and at the very least i want to see these people move on and then we can do whatever we want to with the franchise after um i don't think i think we're moving away from like each franchise has to have a streaming show now. Uh, like, I don't think we're going to get that. I think we'll continue to get movies. It's been nice to see the box office bounce back a little bit. Yeah. Especially this nice. year with um, Megan was a big hit, Scream was a hit, and yep. um, Creed is gone. It feels good. It feels good because, yeah, I don't need... <laughs> I love Scream the series, but like, yeah. I, I always think... I don't know. It's fun. We're going to spin this off and do some streaming series. That... I will say post-Scream 7, if you take a break for a while and you come back, I think I would like something that is a brand... Not brand new, like a full-on reboot. It can take place in the same universe. It can have Ghostface showing up somewhere. But I'd almost like it to be completely unrelated to any Sydney, Billy Loomis, any of, like, I don't need any of those characters to show up necessarily. Yeah. I You know what we kind of, you kind of could do it now? You have Kirby show up. You could have completely unrelated, like, series of Ghostface killings that start up with new characters and a fresh motive and a fresh reveal and everything. Not tied to the old stuff. And if you really want to bring in a character, you have Kirby show up because she's an FBI agent that investigates these kind of things. And that's kind of the thing I like about the MTV series, too, and I liked about it at the time, is at least it was keeping it alive. Um during the time I didn't take it like seriously either no. like I I just I had fun with it and mm-hmm. it kept it alive until we got to where we yes. got to um, yeah. because honestly people forget too that I think 4 underwhelmed big time big time yeah no I, I thought well, we're never going to get another Scream movie that yeah my... and I think the MTV thing yeah. played a nice part in like keeping people satisfied and then mm-hmm. also giving them time to uh, yep. do what they've done which I've liked a lot for sure very cool awesome right. so we'll be back when we're back you may I'll be back when I'm back, yes. you may hear some stuff from Willie and Nikki. Perhaps. So keep an, uh, keep an ear out <laughs> for that. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care and stay safe out there.